Have you guys played Monopoly before? Yeah, we uh, not as a whole family. Uh, Glory okay. and I like to test the limits of our marriage by busting out Monopoly once in a while. What is and, wrong uh, with you? What? Just a head-to-head uh, game of Monopoly? Yeah, one-on-one, and it's like ruthless. And of course I mean, it it's is. it's again, it's like a perfect you know metaphor for the marriage where you know Gloria just from the onset she's just like no fucking deals. I'm not making any <laughs> deals with you. I'm not trading property. I'm not doing anything cuz I don't deal with scumbags like you. Yeah. And I'm just like Yeah. Yeah. We we you're you're my you you're my bride, you know? Yep. We uh, there's so much that we share in life together. Can't we just trade some properties in order to put houses and hotels and things? Yeah. Yeah, and that but that's not how you play the game of Monopoly uh or the game of life. It is a, a or the game of marriage. You know, or the game it's yeah. all yeah. As as the as the married person in this in this pairing, uh it's I will just, absolutely defer to you on the way that a marriage should and should not go. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just yeah. like the end of reservoir dogs, basically. That's just all it is. It's oh, just, nice. you know, that's nice. just a just a multi-gun standoff uh you know yeah so are you the tim roth character like just slowly bleeding out in the back of uh what is it like a taxi cab or uh yeah yeah yeah, no i'm i'm the i'm at that point i think i'm just laying on the floor like moments away from death's door okay watching everybody else and trying and trying so hard to hold it together yeah (laughs) amazing i'd like to think that yeah with reservoir dogs i would like to think that i would like at least make it out into that sweet california sunshine before being yeah uh uh, either bleeding out or getting gunned down by uh either that or i'm just the ear in reservoir dogs i think i'm the ear that's uh Let's, let's 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 dive right into a uh, an extraordinary weekend yeah, in the yeah. world of Formula One in uh, Azerbaijan. Um, yeah. So right. so well, well welcome to the yeah. F1 what are what are we doing here, Corey? Folks. What's what's going on? What is we, this? We are doing a podcast about Formula One as F one fans here in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. I myself am Corey Willis. I'm an improviser, comedian, and a writer out in sunny Los Angeles, California. And uh, who are you, uh, sipping daddy? There. <laughs> What's up? This is this is John Lapore sipping on a uh, a, a a bullet bourbon on the rocks. I'm a very nice creative leader dabbling in everything from film to technology to the automotive space. And, uh, it's a, it's always a highlight of my week to sit down with, uh, my, my dearest childhood friend, Corey and riff on what's, what's going on in the world of F1. What, uh, so what do we, what do we, what do we got going on here? We're at the, we're at the Azerbaijan before we get into the grand prix. Is there any like pre, Grand Prix shenanigans that have unfurled um, this week I, that you want to that you want to get into that were that were tied into our our you know action on the track or I leading towards. There was too much uh, leading up to the weekend. It stayed uh, as far as my radar. There was definitely some some fun little meme action and a lot of uh, discussion with Red Bull. Um, uh, as we talked about in the last episode with them, 
being like, oh, well, we actually have two number one drivers. And then just the the media fallout of that, uh, where they're like, well, Red Bull's never been good with dealing with two number one drivers, and it's going to be a disaster. Multi-21, baby! Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it, that was, that was kind of what happened, but then, uh, then the, the actual race itself, the race weekend was, uh, was pretty, pretty interesting as far as I was concerned. The race itself, I wasn't super engaged in um it it was it was uh i think it's yeah i think it's easy to well uh let's let's take a moment uh shall we shall we dive yeah right into uh to to the race itself uh we need to score the quality of this race we do we do we gotta gotta figure out on our our on our traditional scoring system of one to ten yeah, yeah, it's 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 an important one. Do you do you want to pull from the uh, from from the filing cabinet uh, this this oh, week? Oh boy, uh, um, let me see if I got anything rattling around in there. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say, let's see, on a scale of on a scale of one to ten, where one is the kind of sparkling soda that mm. comes out of the soda vending machine at taco bell that's <laughs> l- labeled like there's like you know there's like coke you know mountain dew there's uh barg's root beer and then there's like a weird like thing that's almost hidden a little bit further back between some of the notches and it has like a white sticker on it that says yeah soda soda and that is like it's it's the seltzer water it's the seltzer water that is the essence that brings to life all those other flavored syrups that come mm. out of the machine to make those other drinks in the delicious way that uh that it can that is that is your base level i think for that's seltzer the one water. that's like and and we're not even talking like a brand new machine here we're talking like a taco bell that's been open for a couple decades that specific oh, yeah, line, yeah, it, it hasn't been renovated. It hasn't been renovated recently no, at all. No, yeah, it's it's it still has a very nineties looking motif in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tables are still those like rounded edged um, uh, tables that that you used to see in like the the seats in like a, a Taco Bell in the mall. Uh, that yep. kind of they couldn't kind of fully scrape off one of the windows, the giant decal that they had to commemorate episode one, the Phantom Menace, back in 1999. Yes, right? yes. with with um, uh, with with the Taco Bell dog uh, in uh, like uh, set in a, in in a pod the, racer, in one of the pods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that's yeah. that's that's one. that's, that's, that's one. one. That's one. I think. Uh, somewhere around a, uh, somewhere around a seven, you get a nice, like polar seltzer with Mm. some flavoring. I'm going to say around a nine, you get some sort of exotic, like pompa mousse flavored LaCroix. Yep. Yep. And then in a, in a establishment shaking, uh, finale, (laughs) your number 10 is a completely flavorless, (laughs) Pellegrino that that stands at the top as like not only do I not have flavor and still be the best, but if uh 
if you are uh, staging a home on the real estate market, you put bottles of me on the counter to like increase the, the little, value. Little yeah. bottles, like the little eight the little, ounce. The little glass yeah. green green bottles as a way of saying like, if if you have fine taste in the finer things in life, then you might you might appreciate a uh, you might like a home like this. Um, so I'd say as far as on that scale, uh, with one being the Taco Bell, uh, yellowish lines mm-hmm. that were installed back, uh, pre, um, pre Jar Jar Binks, um, uh, pre Jar Jar Binks blowback, um, uh, on up to, on up to this fancy San Pellegrino glass bottle in like a gorgeous home. Uh, that you could never afford, but you went in there because you know you're out for a drive in a nice neighborhood, and mm-hmm. you saw an open house. Uh, <laughs> I'd say we're uh, we're we're coming in probably around like a bubbly, like a uh, a buble. Uh. So like uh, and a, yep, a, yep. like pretty damn good. But if someone if someone's unfamiliar with the seltzer realm, they're going to be like, uh, what's that? Uh, and then you'd have to be like, oh, it's like a look, La- it's like a LaCroix, but like, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe someone got like a deal when they were ordering a case. So they went with like this version, uh, versus like the, 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 the known brand. Uh, it's like more of like the, the competition brand. Um, as, I'm as- so unfamiliar with, with the bubbly brand. And I remember seeing it that I was almost certain that it was some form of uh, hard seltzer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of thing where you're like, wait, why do you have booze here? What's this? Uh, and it's like, no, no, this is just the, it's just maybe more eye catching packaging than LaCroix. Uh, but it, it's, it was good. Um, much like Azerbaijan is like a street circuit, um, but it's not a Monaco. Uh, it is not a Jetta. It is something that kind of stands on its own where you're like, wait, what is that's an F1 track? Uh, and the race weekend kind of reflected that for me where it was like, yeah, that was an F1 race for sure. For sure. Uh, it had all the elements of an F1 race, but maybe it needs a little bit more of a description. It maybe needs a little bit more of like uh, some nice packaging to uh to really appeal to people who have never had it before uh that kind yep. of thing i i think that's an excellent call i'm gonna i'm gonna rate uh what was your number ranking i'd say so like bubbly? a six to a seven ish like bubbly is, oh, is a little oh. a little below a Lacroix. uh yeah yeah so better I'm than gonna, average but not great okay i'm gonna classify it as a a solid respectable five Okay. Which is uh, the brand Vintage Seltzer. Oh. oh. The blue, blue label. The most, uh, the most anonymous of seltzer waters. I think if okay. you saw it on the, on the shelf in the store, you would recognize it and you would be like, I've been seeing that my entire life. And yet, somehow, I paid no attention to it. Okay. Um, okay. the The race was it was fine for Baku. I think you know, it was almost a little bit similar to Monaco in that the most exciting moments of the race were the build up to something that might happen that never ended up happening. 
that ultimately yeah, so, was a letdown. So that gets yeah. me, you know, that, that gets me that gets me on the edge of my seat a little bit. It gets me talking to the TV set, you know, uh, which yeah, are which sure. are all to me good good things. But it, it didn't it didn't quite you know uh, blow me away. Now I do think there's some really you know there was some pretty major stuff that happened For during sure. this race. For and sure, and on on a couple different levels in a couple different places that are important things to keep an eye on and are going to be key parts of the the narrative of the the twenty twenty two F one season for the rest of the season for sure. Um, so just real quick before we jump into the actual race itself, I want to rip through uh, qualifying because there was some mm-hmm. pretty important stuff that happened in qualifying that uh, that I think uh, is 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 good to touch on. Uh, so we've got uh, Stroll double tapping the wall, uh, which yep, yep. just the the Canadian boys have they've had a rough go of it. Um, they're, they're just not doing, doing the continent proud. Uh, yeah. and that was, that was tricky. Um, uh, but then we also had, I mean, maybe some of the most despicable Alonzo fuckery we have seen like beyond what he did in Monaco, the fact that he held people up during qualifying just so he could secure his own spot and like that Albon yeah. radio communication just Albon's like such a nice guy uh yeah. and he's you never hear him like angry that was the closest I've ever heard to Alex Albon like angry on the radio uh what, what did you think of that Johnny um, you know, I, I think they were calling it the, the, uh, the, the sky commentators were calling it as it was happening, you know, just as like, well, you know, they're all fierce competitors. They'll all do whatever it takes. And so, you know, I mean, there's a degree yeah. to which that's just kind of where we're at, but yeah, it does, it does feel kind of scummy, but I also like to just sort of position it as like Alonzo is just sort of saying like, ah, you know what? the best thing I can do for this sport is just to be a total agent of chaos. So yeah. here I go. You yeah. Know? Uh, by like perfectly adhering to the rules. Uh, and, yep. and it was, but it was that, that one, that very specific thing that he did, not just the backing people up, but the way that he threw the yellow flag and just the onboard camera of Alex Albon, you see, this is like, this is something that like a rookie F1 driver, uh, I'd say like even like a rookie F2 driver would not make that mistake uh, on that specific turn. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was just to see Fernando Alonso make that mistake and then be like, do the the thing where he does that, like the, the downturned like smirk. Uh, when he's in interviews and he's like, eh, it's just racing. I don't know. It's just, you know, th- things happen. Uh, it's just <laughs> such a like, oh man, you are such, you are such a, like a specific brand of shit that, uh, I, I love that he's still in the sport, but also there are moments where I'm like, oh, what a reminder of like the pure, like race craft that you can go down you can pursue uh that can just ruin other people's races it's not about necessarily winning the race it's about keeping other people behind you and like fernando alonso will never let that go and it's great but also like 
oh, it pisses me off so much <laughs> um, when he does this kind of stuff because it does ruin other people's weekends. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was that was frustrating. Uh, but then uh, there were there were a couple other moments in in qualifying. Uh, one was was after qualifying is over, we <laughs> we end up. Uh, well, first of all, Hamilton was like not doing well, uh, and yeah. he was looking for a toe once once he went out and he could not get one. And hearing McLaren be like, do not let him play these games. Do not give him a toe. This is, he went out ahead of us. Like, this is, do not do this, Lando. And Lando held back and Hamilton almost got in trouble. He got investigated because he was going very slow uh, to start that, that, that final lap. Um, And you can get in trouble for that. But he still ended up getting the toe and went from like 10th or 11th to 6th with Russell's toe. So that was great it was great to see the teamwork like really holding true even in the qualifying it showed like mercedes being mercedes uh and, and i i appreciated that but then after qualifying was over paris uh his response um to like uh so like what what's what, what's your mentality in qualifying you've been doing like really really well recently and he's just like we go balls out we go balls out. That's it. Like it was such a beautiful mm-hmm. response from someone who is usually so like Typically so much more versed. Yeah. Like he's so like diplomatic in the way that he is responding to any question from any person in the media. So for him to just be like, we go balls out. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, I think we're seeing a new version of Sergio Perez. And I love this version. Uh, I, I really do. But then Johnny Herbert asked Leclerc about Monaco, uh, about he's like, so you know, um, it's 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 tough, you know, it's the the team let you down last week, and Leclerc was like, excuse me, I I didn't hear you say that again, and then Johnny Herbert repeated the question, and Leclerc just did not answer it, like he just smiled and walked away, and it was, I again, we're seeing two versions of these two race car drivers, even in like qualifying that we haven't seen at any point in their careers. They they have not been these versions. And I think that they've finally gotten a sniff of that world championship. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we're done playing nice. We're done being like diplomatic when people try to needle us during interviews. We're just head down. We're going for it. And uh, and that was really, really great to see. But yeah, let's let's. Uh, did you notice anything else that happened in qualifying uh, that that stuck out to you? No, I mean it was it was nice to see uh, things feel like they were coming down to uh, to the wire, and I think it's fun seeing Leclerc just sort of like you know go purple, purple, purple in every sector and just stomp. Yeah, everybody. That's it's uh, it's it's fun to see. Um, you know, I, I still was part of me was wishing to see. Uh, you know, Sergio a little deeper into the mix, but yeah, he, he was close enough, close enough, you know, exactly, exactly. Uh, and it was, it was, it was great to watch signs really hanging it all out there again. I think signs is another version 2.0 of himself, uh, in the season mm-hmm. where he's more comfortable yep. with the car. And, uh, he said this, this was like a thing that was talked about in Monaco and post Monaco signs was still having to overthink his driving. He was still having mm-hmm. to be like a little bit too I'm focused on like the moves that I'm making and like not just driving naturally. 
And I think we're now seeing signs willing to, I mean, look at the way he's sliding the car around uh, on street circuits. Yeah. Like, that's someone yep. who is no longer concerned with car control. That's someone who's like, I just know when I need to break and I know when I need to stomp on that uh, gas pedal. And that's, that's, that's my only concern. And like, I just let my brain control the steering inputs uh, and I don't have to overthink that. And so for, for me, I, I thought that Perez really had a shot at it. And yeah, it was actually pretty awesome to see. I didn't realize it until they were playing the replay of his lap. There's that one corner where everyone is like just barely grazing the wall. And he yeah. went into that corner with a full slide that mm-hmm. he held together. He was, it was, it was a, a scary looking slide. He held it enough together that he still got a time that qualified him second. Like, yeah, thought that was very impressive. Where it's like really cool to see. And it's like any time, and they'll reference this, especially in qualifying, if you watch those sec, uh, those sessions, in qualifying uh, session three, it does come down to if you do have to do two inputs on your steering wheel when you're supposed to only do one through a corner, that costs you a tenth, that costs you a hundredth, that can cost you a thousand, and that can determine whether or not you are on the front Right, like you're on the front row, and Sergio yeah. had a full um like drift through a high speed corner at like almost 200 miles an hour, and still didn't lose more than a tenth of a second, which like kept him ahead of his uh, teammate. And that's again, it's I think these drivers who we were seeing, I don't think that Max is doing worse. I think that these other drivers are really showing up and becoming comfortable with their cars that they're now starting to challenge Max in a way that he hasn't really been challenged uh, in qualifying. Uh, but that that said, once qualifying was over, Red Bull was like, eh, we're okay. We're set up for the race. And Ferrari was like, yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're fast. <laughs> and like that, that tone like definitely like caught my attention post qualifying. Uh, and we saw and, and in the race echoed throughout the entire race. So let's yeah, let's yep. jump right into the the race. I mean, I think the uh, we didn't get that far into the race until we had probably our most significant moment at the beginning mm-hmm. of the race, which was lap nine. Yeah, uh, which was that moment where Carlos signs goes diving into the exit road uh you know everyone's been cracking jokes about how that's not a gravel trap where he normally ends up and uh you know and it still gave uh us an opportunity to you know shout at the tv uh say it with me Corey. uh carlito Carlito, no no! and uh yeah yes that's that's the end like and i knew it too like i saw him going into that spot i was like that's an escape road like we've been seeing through practice and qualifying mm-hmm. drivers going in there, punching the gas, doing a quick U-turn, you know, little little half donut to get out of there. But and, he went uh, like deep into it and was yeah, like maneuvering yeah. towards like the like weird S's and was yeah. like, that's not him 
slow. That is him pulling the car as far away from the yeah. track as he can. That's not him He's starting to reach around and unbuckle his seatbelt, starting yeah. to reach for the garage door opener. Yeah. You know, it was, uh... <laughs> yeah. Reaching to make sure he's got his phone uh, <laughs> yep. before he gets out of the car, because that's always annoying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was that was that coming, was come coming in like he's rolling into the driveway, having to go to the bathroom really yeah. bad <laughs> yeah, and yep. just ready to exit that uh, race as quickly as possible. Uh, and it looked like it was a it, like he immediately was like, oh, there's a break by wire issue. Uh, but listening to the way that that thing stopped, listening to the way that the car came to a halt, it was like, that's not a break by wire that that sounded like a pop uh break by wire doesn't make your engine pop uh and it was a catastrophic hydraulic failure uh quite literally as the car was being like maneuvered off the track there's just hydraulic fluid dumping out of the back end of it so that was lap nine um luckily that disrupt the race though he he did a good job of getting the car off the track so there was no uh, I think there was a virtual safety car, but that was it. Uh, and um, <laughs> Leclerc, that Ferrari pulls like one of the quickest, most uh, uh, expert pit stops I've seen them pull. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep. they, like to the point of where I was like, what's happening? Are they, did they mean to do this? What? And they did. They brought Leclerc in, put him on hard tires. And basically put him back on that track with like 42 laps left. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is an immediate two-stop strategy for Leclerc. I, I-, I was thrown very, like a whole lot when they put hard tires on him uh, that early in the race. But it was a good move. It was a smart move. He started mm-hmm. absolutely crushing those sector times, making up a ton of sp- to like a ton of uh of of time because it was basically a free pit stop and again this was like a red bull moment of like hey did the claire just get a free pit stop did he just like did they just like do what we normally do as red bull uh and red bull was like yep uh and again it felt like a shrug of the shoulders moment for red bull being like it's okay let's just get our heads down and we've got this uh and Oh boy, were they right? Boy, oh boy, were they right? Um, <sighs> yeah. Ha- oh, but Hamilton got jumped in the pit lane by Vettel. <laughs> that was yeah, like an immediate move where it was like, "Hey, ooh, this is another turn of luck for Hamilton that like could be a problem." Um, yeah. What did you What did you think about that? I mean, I t- I I just took from that was it was looking like Vettel was going to scoop him up on track. Yeah, it was interesting. Hamilton had a very different sense of pace in the first half of the race than the second half of the race. And it was, you know, I I was just looking at it and thinking like, God, like it just it it hurts my heart to see him struggling to get around Alpha Tari's, you know, struggling to get around, you know, uh, these 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 cars that are you know shouldn't be anywhere near on the same level as mercedes and so uh i think we saw some exciting stuff from hamilton in the in the second half as well as some like oh for sure other aspects that we'll we'll touch on yeah we'll touch on that yeah um so all right so what what's the next big beat oh that was for us so vettel comes out and he is 
shredding it. Like he gets out yeah. there and he gets past, I think it was uh, Albon. Uh, he came out after Albon or no, it was an Alpine. It was Ocon. So he comes out behind Ocon and like goes for this move. That was a beautiful, very typical Seb move. <laughs> and he goes around the outside, goes deep into the braking zone and then just loses it and doesn't tap the wall, but pulls off one of those like perfect locks them up, goes into the escape road and without, without even looking like he did it by accident, he throws this spin and perfectly comes back on almost. Well, got I like that. Out. He did and did it before the car came to a stop. Like almost everybody else looks crazy. like they go into the escape road. They're frustrated with themselves. They take a moment to pause their book on tape and then they do the J turn yeah. to like, you know, get out of there or yeah. whatnot. And Vettel went in and like, without even stopping, it was like, he was just like, no, nope, we gotta, we gotta get this thing pointed the right way rip the e-brake and turn it around. It was banana. I mean, and he like, there was like a, uh, the post-race interview with him. Whoever was interviewing him was like, so what was your it like moment there? And he broke down. Basically he was like, oh yeah, time stood still. And I had like 10 different decisions to make. And I made them all at once. And it was perfect. And like, <laughs> as he was, as he's like telling, I let the I let the different decisions have a you know a vote with each other and yeah, uh, like you know it was and like he's like as he's giving this explanation of that specific recovery, he's like starting to crack a smile and break and stops in the breakdown and is like, yeah, it's pretty crazy that I had all this time to think when like like he like acknowledged how fast the decision uh, making took place and it was just i loved that moment and this is again i i i've grown to appreciate and love seb so much as uh as as a person just involved with the sport <laughs> yeah and i mean seb, seb is one of these characters who's also similar to alonzo feeling like he's in this advanced stage of his yeah. career that Even he's, though he's also not at all he's still yeah he, seb's he, young he, still <laughs> He's definitely still young, but I mean, he's, he seems as though he's like, yeah, I'm well past my, you know, I've got my, my cabinet full of world championships. He's a four time Um, champion. He's fine. Like he, like he's fine. Um, I'm not worried about him as a, as, as I mean, I, I love it. He's, he's using, you know, he's, he's made a point of just being like my, (laughs) in the, in the formula, in the slickly produced Formula One intro sequence, my hair will always be a laughing moment uh, mm-hmm. when you see me come in because I, like, just, I just don't care. He's and leaning I'm against use, the background know, like every other yeah. person is doing this like hero pose where the camera's spinning yep. around them. And then Seb's intro is him just literally leaning against the background. Like You could just it's, tell that they had they had 30 minutes with Sebastian Vettel in the in the room with the stuff yeah. and the lighting and the and the whatnot and they were just begging and pleading with him like can you just look cool for one second and he was it probably like that was the only one where he wasn't like directly mooning the camera and yeah uh, you know uh-huh. so, uh, i i appreciate that and 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 I on top too. of that he's also actually been going really out of his way for uh the you know the political causes that mean a lot to him and and it's yeah. been like vehement about this stuff and i've been hearing actually from some F1 journalists that they're all saying like, you know, he's chewing everyone's ears off about this stuff so intensely that 
we're actually excited to see his post Formula One career and see yeah. if he gets into politics or if he gets, yeah. you know, what is he going to do? Where Even is though he he's like, go? I don't want to be in politics. Know? It's like yeah. that. I mean, right there is the person who I want to be in politics yeah, the most the, is someone who want, is like, no, I just care about the things that I care about and I don't want to be influenced by like money or special interests. It's like, hey, you should be the person who's running things then. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, that I, I'm excited for Seb too. Uh, uh, and also he looks like he's much more comfortable in the Aston Martin and the Aston Martin has this five-year plan that they're the second year into. And if they just get rid of Lance, I think that they'll be, uh, they'll have a driver pairing that is, will get them to a point of where they're contending along with Alpine, I think they'll be contending with world mm-hmm. championships within the next five years, uh, especially if the cost cap stays in place. But let, let's get back into the, the race here. So we we have that move. Vettel comes back on track behind uh, Yuki Sonoda, and then uh, Verstappen gets that pass on Perez on lap 15 uh, with the, the radio communication coming in, no fighting. And mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. But also, I don't know if they needed to say that. I think that they've probably talked about this enough over the past week or so that they know that they cannot be fighting each other on track right now. The, uh, I mean, would you would would you stay silent while on radio with your two you know five hundred million dollar Fabergé eggs? No, uh, no. you know, I, yeah. <laughs> spiraling through the air alongside yeah. each other. Um, I, I mean, I know, would be like, remember the pre race debrief. Remember yeah. the pre race debrief. Remember, like, I would. Yeah, just but that's the thing. That. They've yeah. done they've done that before. Like, literally, yeah. Christian Horner still like has like night sweats over multi twenty one and and whatnot. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, also, uh, it, and this is and like, if you and if and if and if you don't know what multi twenty one is, just Google multi twenty one, and it'll it immediately unfurl itself before you. Yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. This is that like thing that like mercedes when they came together uh was that at the was that at barcelona was that at the spanish grand prix all those years ago him and nico i think Uh, so i think so um but it's that kind of like when two teammates collide on track it doesn't matter if it was the same driver pairing that whole team the engineers the mechanics the people who make those decisions are like they're traumatized by that so they i get that they want to be like hey no fighting hey remember don't do don't Please don't wreck mm-hmm. the cars. Uh, don't cost us like uh, almost a billion dollars in damages in the middle of our season. <laughs> um, I get that. I get that. But it was it was kind of annoying to hear it. And I get yeah. why the why the FIA was like, "Hey, broadcast this message." So let's let's jump ahead to the next yeah this event for uh, for our friends uh, in 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 Marinello. Uh, the, <sighs> uh, and and just to like set the you know just to set it up we're coming out of monaco where yeah. i think more than i've ever seen in my formula 1 fandom i've been seeing everyone pointing and laughing at ferrari and it has become this thing of like the ferrari they have they have good equipment mm-hmm. they have excellent drivers and they have this clownish degree of both strategy yeah and reliability 
and and it's different it was, reliability issues not even like with like weekend to and weekend I mean, like within the race itself there were different reliability like and i mean what, what this all ends up coming down to i think more than anything is this friction or this pain of you've got drivers mm-hmm. unbelievably talented who are being asked to get into a certain piece of equipment and a certain bit of team strategy and, you know, be part of a larger organization. And it, it's, it, everyone has been pointing the finger at Ferrari and saying like, how did, how did Michael Schumacher even be as successful as he was being on your team? Which is crazy because, you know, I think we all think of Ferrari as being one of these legendary teams and they seem and 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 it's you know what maybe it's just been some bad luck up until but this this i don't know dude this feels Mm. like the like uh the the chaz palmentary moment at the end of usual suspects where like all of f1 culture and formula one fans are looking back at the history of ferrari and being like wait a second it's it's been it's been it's them they're the ones like They've been clowns the whole the time. Whole time. It's not <laughs> it's not that they like have bad luck or like there's this weird curse. It's that they are they themselves are Pagliacci. Like it's they're the ones. <laughs> that's it's, it's the wildest. That's, oh god. That's that's you know what I had completely forgotten um that that reference. Um <laughs> Um, and it and it came to mind. Um, oh, God, uh, it's it's uh, it's. I believe it is pronounced Pagliacci. Pagliacci, yeah. <laughs> you, you, best, <laughs> best delivered by oh. um, Luciano Pavarotti, oh. which is the opera of the the crying clown, the Italian crying <laughs> Italian clown. Crying clown. It's so perfect. I feel like we. I feel like no one has squeezed the the valuable amount of juice out of this fruit that is available. We have to figure out some way to capitalize. Yeah, on, someone. Uh, yeah, Pagliacci, the Italian crying clown, uh, being being the Ferrari team. Just like we'll, we'll, the we'll work slow reveal up. of like the the mask uh, of uh, of of Ferrari, just like pulling the mask up, and it's like, oh, you've been Pagliacci the whole mm-hmm. time. Oh, ah, this makes sense. Now. Yep, great, great, great. Um, it's beautiful, uh, with- Corey. Thank you so much for for <laughs> touching on that because it it hit me for like a it hit me for a, a flash moment during the race, and I'd completely forgotten about it through the rest yeah. of my Sunday. And yes, that's oh. uh, to me that's. That's it. It's, you know, it, they should change the name from Scuderia Ferrari to Pagliacci Ferrari. Oh. And uh, just that's uh, God. I love it. My God. Uh, so, yep. That, so Leclerc's engine blows up, just full on blows up. Um, and uh, pretty much like, uh, oh, yeah, literally. What is it? Sorry, Corey, I'm sorry. Corey. I'm still I'm, st- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still <laughs> reflecting on this. Yeah, the, yeah, it is. <laughs> the the music. I mean, the hearing Luciano Pavarotti do Pagliacci. Like, there's a particular like 
Like you, the thing like that, that you're all thinking second about string. It, the all everything that, that is, you're thinking about, yes, is is exactly it's one of what the most. Is. Yes, it's one of the most epic pieces of opera that's ever. I'm not like a big opera buff. I I uh, I am only tangentially cultured by people around me who have good taste in things. But it's, it's like, like one of those things that once you hear slow it, slow motion, it is catastrophe. It in is a the sound of tragedy. Yeah, it is the sound of tragedy. Yes. And so perfect. That is that pa- is Ferrari. Pa- Pagliacci Ferrari. <laughs> uh yeah. The uh and like you're you, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you cut to like uh they're like, oh, the bells are ringing in Marinello, and then like you see who's ringing the bells, and it's just a crying mm-hmm. uh Pagliacci. Oh, Ferrari. Well, uh and then another Ferrari engine blows up. Uh, so Joe Joe is out of the race uh, with the third Ferrari. So we've like had the trifecta of Ferrari failures. Uh, and then we get uh, Magnuson uh, out of the Grand Prix a little bit later. So we've got four mm-hmm. Ferrari engines, all with different failures. Each of them yep. with new and different failures that have not happened before. Mm-hmm. So this is, I mean, when when Matea, when he referenced like, yeah, we may have some reliability issues down the road that we're concerned about, I did like never considered for a moment that it would be like he wasn't talking about we may have one or two things that we haven't fit. He's saying I, like, I wonder if it's like he got a text message when the plane landed ooh. in Azerbaijan after leaving from the Marinello, you know, team factory and somebody sent him a text message and was like, yo, uh, there's like 35 bolts left on the ground here yeah, we, in Marinello we, like that we think bolts. you guys needed. Yeah. We're not sure what they were for, but... Uh, and each one of them uh, are different bolts somehow. Like, yeah. I don't know how. I didn't realize... Well, what, we well, what is it? Bolts. I don't know. There's 35 of them. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that... Ferrari really, they really fit the bed uh, this weekend. So that, I mean, which it sucks that quite literally one of the most entertaining parts of the weekend was how, how the variety of Ferraris <laughs> the bed. Uh, that, mm-hmm. That's like the most interesting thing about this weekend is like, wow, Ferrari failed in four different ways just in the race and they were all like reliability failures. None of them were strategy failures or in-race tactic failures or communication failures or failures in the qualifying process. It was all in-race. So when we said at the beginning of this season that Ferrari is back, I think we may have meant <laughs> that like Ferrari is back uh, and not like Ferrari is back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let's 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 uh, real real quick. Let's just reflect on what this means for Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge number of race points just gone. Leclerc has scored in the past three races where he has been on the front row. He has only scored twelve points out of three Grand Prix. That is wild. I mean, you can't qualify on the front row. Uh, either pole position or literally second position and then only finish in fourth place in one of those three races like you can't do that's you're not going to win a, you're not going to win a championship it's not going to happen i mean if ferrari had it together 
they and the fact that they scored zero manufacturer points. Exactly. Yeah. Zero manufacturer points this weekend. That is a a loss of up to mm-hmm. 43 points. Just just from the, the principal standings. Ferrari team. Just in the principal Ferrari. Yes. Team. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. They have two junior teams that also suffered a 50% failure. So this is a problem. This is a real, real problem. And uh, I, I don't, I, I can't, I never would have seen it. Char- Charles Leclerc is now behind Sergio Perez uh-huh. in the championship standings. He slipped from being briefly in first place to now being in third place. And how many points? It's like 19 points ahead of George Russell. Like if he is if 17 look, points, 17 ahead points of ahead. George Russell and that's unacceptable. Yeah, it's it's un, it, it's just it's unacceptable. And signs is down just above Hamilton. Like it's not it's a it's a bad look for Ferrari. It's a bad year and we're not even halfway done with it. And uh, that that is this is this is scary for Ferrari. They really. We were like, yeah, Ferrari really needs to turn it around. And everyone was saying Ferrari really needs to turn it around uh, after Monaco. But like now it's like, oh, Ferraris, they're on like, they're in hospice already. Like it's not like they're in critical, they're like. Mercedes as a constructor in third place is closer to Ferrari then Ferrari is to Red Bull in first place. That's so unacceptable. And here's the thing, too. Red Bull has suffered failures. Max only finished two out of the first four Grand Prix. So if if Red Bull had serious, like, did not have any reliability issues, and also Perez only finished uh, three out of the first four Grand Prix. So, like, it's not that Red Bull has had, like, bulletproof engines, it's that they've suffered failures as well. Like if they were in prime condition, if Mercedes was in prime condition, Ferrari would be even more of a laughing stock because it would be so obvious after they repeatedly prove themselves in qualifying that they just cannot show up in the race. And like, mm-hmm. that's the thing is everyone says like, this is like a cultural thing in formula one is like, you can qualify as high up on the grid as you want. No points are awarded on Saturday. No points are awarded mm-hmm. for qualifying. They're all awarded during the race. So Ferrari is they're 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 in trouble. All right. Well, let's let's get off of uh, of Ferrari. Um, they they are already unconscious uh, in hospice care. I don't think we need to uh, uh, make it any worse for them. We should just be sending them flowers uh, at this point and things to like. Oh my God, make make the room smell nice at least. Okay, so uh, Hamilton radios in about his back on lap twenty nine, which. Yikes. Uh, I mean, I know he's an old, he, uh, as, as another old man, he's an old man and I can't imagine, I mean, I'm sore if I sit on my couch for too long, but they were saying Mercedes, uh, there's, there's a quote that Mercedes was saying that with each one of those oscillations that they're experiencing, that their drivers are experiencing in the car, each one of those oscillations, uh, uh, can reach up to six G's. So like, I mean, I'm deeply concerned about this. And like their so, health uh, at this point, 
They're going to ruin and, George Russell. They're going to they're going to shorten that man's and, career because he he's uh, yeah. And and so I didn't even I I heard some murmurs of stuff that followed after the race, but I didn't really keep up with it all. I don't know if he followed some of the after race mm-hmm. discussion because I think there was some stuff touching on this. But yeah, the thing that. Sp- spooked me was you know hamilton saying that his back can't take it anymore i mean i've been thinking this ever since the porpoising showed up i mean have like i mean obviously these guys are incredibly strong physical athletes that train for this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. loads and the g-forces and like the the neck is the most important muscle in any of these guys' bodies. Cause especially when you put a helmet on your head, even when it's a lightweight helmet, that helmet, like there's something that happens when you are putting in G forces where the way that extra mm-hmm. weight pulls your head. From I mean, it's side like a lollipop. Side. It's like it, you're, yeah. you're, yeah, it just adds that extra. Yeah. And, and so to think of that, that not even bouncing, but like jackhammering that yeah. they're doing the fact that, and I think what was probably exacerbating it tremendously was that the Mercedes was having this incredible problem with ground clearance where it was actually yeah. colliding. You know, the porpoising was resulting in it smashing the bot, the bottom floor smashing into the ground, yeah. which I think has to bring, I would think that the porpoising would already be a pretty violent sensation, but having that, That's only going to make it worse. And so I got deeply concerned when, you know, he made the radio call about his back hurting him. And then later, yeah, he made a radio call saying my seat's gone cold. And like the announcers, this, this guy commentators were like, all right, is there some sort of code or something? Drink bottle linking, leaking into his seat. And I was like, no, that's 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 like nerve damage. Yeah, that like, he's experiencing right now. Like that's his like body. We're, we're watching having this a complete happen. system failure. Yeah, in the middle of a of a race, you know, his spinal column can only take so much. Um, yeah, and so I I saw some some murmurs online but i didn't get that deep into it have you been following up with any of the other like fallout coming out of this and and what they're talking about um they're saying like i i've been i watched like a bunch of post-race interviews i watched uh some of uh of toto's feedback and then just other other teams as well uh and some some media folks are saying this they were saying like we should maybe the FIA is going to, you know, think about introducing active suspensions. Uh, but I think that that is, that's not what should happen. Um, what, what were you going to say, Johnny? I mean, so we had another, we had another very public radio communication coming from Toto straight mm-hmm. to Hamilton saying, you know, uh, uh, something along the lines of like, I'm sorry, you're stuck in our can. <laughs> Mercedes, so, which box, again uh, is shit box, yeah, yeah. Um, which again, I, I a, a big part of me worries that that is this sort of like you know like um so, sorry son, it was the baseball bat was the problem, yeah, you know, out there today. Um, but you know, there's obvious. I mean, there's obviously some serious issues. And so the other the other thing that I saw murmurs about were that. It, Immediately, as of immediately after the race, mm-hmm. there was discussion that uh, Hamilton may not be physically able to race in Montreal in a week's time. Yes, that was something that 
hopefully is not the case. Like I know he went through acupuncture, literally went through acupuncture and a bunch yeah, of, and I mean, and, and obviously and, like the, the, the moments after the, like immediately after the race, aren't the time to make the call. On yeah. That. Yeah. But the, I, I mean, again, I appropriately unsettling for, Yes. What's uh what what seems to be going on in terms of the the experience which I think I mean I do think it is a little that might be a little bit alarmist but after seeing the reports of them being like no we quite literally each so not just like each phase of the oscillation they're experiencing 6Gs. So when they're being compressed down they're experiencing 6Gs and then being compressed back up and like tossed up. So literally on both ends they can experience uh gravitational impacts and inputs six times that of their natural weight on this planet. And like mm-hmm. if they're doing that with a frequency of like if you did that one time in uh, a second you'd be like wow i just that rattled me <laughs> that like threw me off these guys are experiencing that like several times per second uh over the course of two hours like again george was saying i'm having trouble seeing the breaking zone if you're experiencing rattling and like oscillations that's interfering with you being able to spot your breaking zone at 200 miles an hour that's a safety concern uh, that's not just like an, an engineering concern. That's not just a, uh, a, a physio issue. That's like a, Hey, you need to do some serious recalibrating with this car. Uh, mm-hmm. Lando said it in the post-race interviews. He's like, every team deals with it. We deal with it. If we ran the car lower, we'd be dealing with it worse. We run our car higher. We sacrifice some performance and McLaren is behind Mercedes in performance. I think Ricardo did like a great job of like, he's like i dealt with this for the first time really this race like i really understood what it felt like and he's like the Mm -hmm. only way i can describe it is like when a basketball player takes the basketball and like dribbles it really low to the ground like very fast like when someone's Mm -hmm. really good at dribbling like that's what your head feels that's what it feels like is happening to your head like if that happened to me while i was sitting down and very comfortable i'd be like Oh, that's too much. I don't want that. These dudes are driving 200 miles an hour with cars, other cars that are doing 200 miles an hour right next to them, uh, next to concrete walls. Like (sighs) Mercedes needs to do something about this. They need to, they need to sort this out because they're putting their drivers at risk. Um, they really are. Uh, and, and it's gone from like, Oh, I feel bad for them to like, I, if this causes an accident, like (laughs) that's not okay. That really is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just seems insane that these guys are doing the most challenging thing that they do in their life and then being asked to do that while on a pogo stick. Yeah. It just seems, seems not unreasonable. Um, all right. So, uh, what else did we see shake out over the course of, uh, um, so we had, uh, we had a pretty, uh, 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 once the the Magnuson issue happened, uh, that uh, caused another virtual safety car. So then we had a, a double stacked pit stop here of Verstappen and Perez and then Russell and Hamilton. And uh, both teams pulled off pretty immaculate double stacked pit stops. Um, mm-hmm. Hamilton was a little bit held up, but I mean, he was running in fourth anyway. So 
uh, he, he wasn't really in danger. Um, Sonoda's wing broken. Half. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's 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 touch on that. So yeah. yeah so his his wing got <sighs> some sort of, and these wings, it's crazy because like carbon fiber is in some ways a very fragile material, mm-hmm. but these carbon fiber wings are built to sustain and they regularly sustain during these races. Like, I don't, I don't even know the exact numbers, but it's like yeah, at mm, least yeah. 500 pounds of force pressing down on them. So it's basically like you and I at the same time jumping up and down on one of these thin sheets of carbon yeah. fiber and they have to withstand that. And so the wing snapped in half um like snapped, it stayed attached snapped to the in half car. in a way that like I, I i was listening i can't remember who i was listening to um but they were like i've never seen a wing fail like that before <laughs> um yeah. uh, in any of the yeah. categories that that drs is is available they they usually fail and they just stay open but like quite literally they were on like a left and right hemisphere like like that was how the wing failed. So one half of the wings like just stayed open and the other half flapped down, uh, which so, ho- holy so, shit, what a dangerous thing to have happen in your car. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the other thing. I mean, to be, to be in a, to imagine following Yuki Sonoda and seeing like, Oh, the guillotine blade that's attached to the back of his car is getting a little loose while I'm driving behind yeah. him at, 200 miles per hour well, and like just having flashes of you know ruben Barrichello's suspension hitting felipe massa in the face you yeah. know a, a decade ago um, um but they they like uh the yeah. lap before he before i think before even the commentators noticed it uh i thought that i saw it looked like a visor tearaway strip had like gotten mm-hmm. caught on his rear wing in one of the shots but it was the DRS actuator had like snapped off and just like was like dangling and flopping back behind him. <laughs> um, and that is why the wing failed uh, is because the actual the actuator, the thing that keeps the DRS like pivot point intact in the middle of the wing, that thing just like snapped off and was flopping around uh, So the wow. enjoyment of this moment was specifically enhanced. By the mm-hmm. the Sky Sports commentators getting it wrong, yes. and basically uh, as this is happening, and the and it's immediately called out that the race director's seen it, and they're saying, you know, uh, Yuki Sonoda must immediately pit and remedy this damage to his car. He got a uh, a meatball flag. Uh, yes, it's the yes. it's the orange and black flag, which is a a orange circle in the middle of a black flag. Which, uh, when you go to uh, a track day, they call it the your car's a piece of flag. Yep. (laughs) And it means, you know, come in. You are now a danger to everybody else that's out there trying to enjoy themselves. Yep. They they said, well, he's going to, they're going to call him in. And this is such a major failure. They are going to have to retire the car. That's it. They're going to have to, like, this is like the carbon fiber has broken like it's not like they just have another rear wing they can slap on the car it's not like the front wing they just can't do that it's too complex of an element and there's no way 
they would be able to fix whatever's going on in time. And he's coming into the pits and they're like, oh, they're getting they're putting new tires on them. Yeah. And, and one of the other commentators chimes in and is like, well, you you would do that in the event that like, you know, by a miracle you were able you would just put the you put the tires on before you wheel the car into the garage yeah. and likely have to retire. But just put the tires on while you've got it there, you know. That's standard, and then they put the tires on. It's also just and then not they, true. I've I've seen them. Yes, yeah, they retire yeah. cars all the time with those uh, with their yeah, actual yeah. like race wheels and tires still on the vehicle. So like it wasn't. I was like that. No, that's not how this. Well, works. I think they. I think they were taking it as like a mildly <laughs> optimistic, you know, yeah. move from the team that like if there's a one in a million chance that the car can come back out of the garage. Best to have some fresh tires on it. Of course. And then, bless their hearts, oh, the duct tape comes out. Like, a, like, literally like Ripley see and Aliens. Two guys. Uh, it yeah. was just, <laughs> just got that tape out and duct taped a flamethrower and uh, a submachine gun together. Uh, yep. <laughs> and got Yuki back on track. And it was like silver duct tape too uh yeah yeah. it wasn't some sort of like carbon fiber laminated you know it it was it was literally like they saw that and someone was like yo is there is there a home depot 25 seconds away from here run over there like grab some i half expected uh them to like keep the camera on the pit crew and then like they like pulled up their uh the two guys who were doing it were like pulling up their visors and it was going to be phil lapore and mackenzie willis uh back there just being like yep. God, no yep. yep come on tape kings don't do this <sighs> so that was exactly what i was thinking was that like in that moment i knew in my heart of hearts that my dad watching this would be like that's right that don't cool. let all these other wasteful offs all around you in this entire organization in this sport don't let them win you win by fixing the car uh you know by uh, by somehow duct taping a coat hanger and you yeah. know maybe using a little bit of bubble gum in there while you're in there as well i'm just imagining and uh, when you do that everyone else laughs at you but you know you're the winner because you only had to spend your money on duct tape. I'm Bravo. imagining this like your your dad uh, uh, looking up from something he himself is duct taping and being like, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah." That's uh oh god, this truly was like a a perfect uh, dad moment. I mean, um, it got me thinking. You know, I, uh, I'll I'll save it for I'll save it for off the air. But I need a little duct tape on my Subaru right now. Oh boy. <laughs> well, uh, uh, so that that was that was great. Yuki comes back out. He's like, "What's going on?" And they were like, "Just don't use DRS." And they sent him back yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. That seemed that seemed like a very like it. Yeah, don't 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 worry about it. Just do. Your I job. love like that. They're like. That they, I think that they figured out how to communicate with Yuki because Yuki mm-hmm. is like such a hothead and English is his second language. And he's learned so much English from literally listening to other communications. Like, other hotheads. Yeah. Like that's literally how he like has like figured like that's one of the ways he got good at speaking English. Um, uh, and like, I love that his like race engineer is just like, 
I'm going to be very straightforward with you and just be like curt and quick because you're going to do, this is how you communicate. This is not you being like a jerk or like a punk or like a rookie, like a hothead. This is just how you know how to communicate. So I'll just be right, like direct with you. And I loved that. Like I loved how, how quickly that happened. Oh, Verstappen, couple laps later, gets the radio call. Uh, hey, Max, don't use DRS. Yeah. Uh, so clearly Red Bull has not fixed their DRS issues. There is something mm-hmm. in the design of that car, in the way that they've designed those rear wings on the Alpha Tauri and on the Red Bull themselves, that they they that is an unreliable thing. Uh, which, hey, if you're going to have something on your car fail, I guess it's the thing that like will help you pass someone uh, if you're already at the front of the pack. I mean, he was literally 45 seconds clear of I another mean, I still, you know, team's car. So to me, these like these cars combine six cylinders of engine exploding gas with a smaller level of displacement than any average streetcar combined mm-hmm. with a highly complex uh, electrical delivery of of power that is charged up and dispersed they have uh incredible aerodynamics that let these cars shape through the air they're made of the most scientifically lightweight materials and literally there's just like a flap that needs to open and close mm-hmm. like with a lever you know and and i it still puzzles me how that's like how they can't get that right but it's it's to like, me it's like like it's, technologically speaking i'm pretty sure thinking as a human being the invention of the <laughs> lever happened before the wheel so yeah. like yeah it's like, basically this is like a this could be as simple as a crowbar attached to a shingle yes. and yes. uh and it's and this is the thing that's that's just not operating correctly uh, and they can't i mean fig- you know let's figure out how to fix it. let's let's celebrate it as you know the the new formula once again is keeping everybody on their yes. on their back foot and we're seeing you know we've got Red Bull who can't make a flap work. Mm-hmm. We've got Ferrari who can't make <laughs> both cars or an organization work. Yeah, yeah. We've got yeah. Mercedes who have gone from having the fastest car on the grid to a car that we can't tell how fast it is because it won't stop driving like it's on square wheels. Yeah. And uh mm-hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh you know this oh is God. this is this is what we came for in uh in in 2022. Really? Um all right. Uh what you know the the one other thing so from there to me the race played out in a pretty undramatic way for the yeah. most part i mean i think like, we if saw you notice we did spend more time this episode talking about like the calamity of engineering yes. and reliability and inter-team politics uh than the actual race itself uh, there, there wasn't, and there wasn't, there, there wasn't really that much to take away as heroics. Yeah. And I think the closest thing that we saw was Hamilton, who went from starting eleventh um, no, to he started. He, I think, he ended up in eleventh after uh, after the 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 first couple of laps. But he started thirteenth or fourteenth. No, no, he started. He he was in the top ten. Um, oh, was he? Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. He he started right next okay. to. So he, I think he was in like a Vettel and Alonso sandwich, maybe. Um, 
right, right, or something. Or so, uh, yeah, that's and that'll that's be. a very yeah that's a very unpleasant place to uh, to be. But yeah. uh, uh, Hamilton got driver of the day for did? carving his way up through the field, making his way to to fourth. And I think we he saw was him shocked when he was told that information in the post race interview. He's like, "What, really? Oh, well, that's funny because this he literally like his next sentence was like." Oh, wow. That's wild. Because this is the worst race I've ever had to run. <laughs> like, literally. Yep. It's like, this was the worst ever. I've raced in Formula One for 15 years and for most of my life in everything else. And this was the worst race I've ever run. <sighs> and he was in fourth uh, and got driver of the day. Uh, yeah, Norris wanted to pass Ricardo there at the end. That Badly. was badly and and yeah clearly seemed to be making a statement of saying all right well if you're telling me i'm not allowed to pass i'm going to be a good boy but it looked as though even on the straightaway yeah his plan was to be like i'm gonna pull up alongside literally next to you my teammate like, hi danny and, and and be like, you're three inches ahead of me, and I could have done it at any time. I want to yeah. make sure anyone knows I could have made this happen. And, and unfortunately, I think he could have. I, yeah, I think it was it was it was within his grasp. But um, this was the team. So. And and this is kind of like, I'm not sure I like this. Uh, they did this when uh, Danny won uh, Monza last year um, uh, for for McLaren. They did not let. Lando pass him for that win and Lando could have gotten that win uh, in Monza last year mm-hmm. um, even though Ricardo did run a superior race by the uh, the last couple of laps Lando was able to pass him and they did not let him do that and then things went s- literally sideways for him in Sochi uh, and Lando didn't get his win so like Lando yep. wants a win and he doesn't want a win for McLaren he wants a win for himself and I think that that is like we're we're starting to get hints and little flickers of that because that Norris is clearly the senior driver at that team and needs to be the number one and treated that way. And I don't like that. They keep throwing scraps to Danny. I love Danny. I'm a big fan of him as a person and as a racer. Yeah. But like, if he's not better than Lando, he shouldn't be getting the, the special treatment. He really shouldn't. Yeah. And I, I, and I think everybody's worried that this, you know, quote unquote slump that Ricardo is in is going to end up being the end of his Formula One career yeah. and that yeah. he's going to, you know, go on to racing elsewhere, which would be sad because I think he's I mean, beloved by all. I do, but he would crush it in IndyCar. And I'm not going to lie. I'd love to see Patty Award, another Mexican driver of Irish heritage uh, uh, on the grid and running for like one of the top teams. Uh, mm-hmm. And Patty Award is a great, uh, he already drives for McLaren. He did the testing run. Uh, he's a great personality and like a, a company man all the way. So I wouldn't mind. Let's uh, let, yeah. let, let let's see Danny Rick in a in a NASCAR. He yeah. would uh, he would oh. love that. You know? God, when he got to run Jimmy Johnson's, um, right? uh, was it? Uh, it was uh, no, it was, was Dale. It, Dale's? it was oh it was da- it was Dale God. Senior's car. That's, That's why he's number three. Yeah. That's why Daniel Ricardo is number three. It's for for Dale Earnhardt for Dale. Intimidator, um, right? Was was his the Intimidator? Yeah. That's right. Which is like just not Andrew yeah. Ricardo at all. Um, <laughs> all right, well, all right. Um, so yeah, we're 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 at the end of the race here. We've got Perez wins it. 
Um, or sorry, Verstappen wins it. Uh, I wish Perez had won it. Uh, uh, Verstappen wins it. Uh, Perez comes in second. Russell third. Hamilton fourth uh, with Gasly finishing the highest he has this year. In fifth, we've got Vettel, who sh- always does well at Baku, even with that like that failed pass attempt. He still came in sixth. Uh, then we've got Alonso behind him, Ricardo, Norris, and Esteban Ocon finishing out the the top ten. So like a pretty good that's a pretty good spread as far as uh that that midfield that the midfield was was good. I mean with Vettel and Alonso mm-hmm. and Gasly in there uh rounding rounding out uh right behind Lewis like that's this is again the formula working. We're seeing the formula yep. show up and I'd say the last few laps of that race, they spent focusing a whole lot more on that midfield battle than they did on any of these other battles. And, and I, I loved that. I loved that. Like we got to see, uh, I mean, it was painful to watch, but watching Norris and Ricardo kind of like jockeying in those last couple of laps, uh, was great. What else from the race, Johnny, anything else in there that, that happened? That was, uh, that was it for me. Um, you know, to me, Baku is, it's scenic. It's a beautiful, I I love seeing the aerial footage. There was even one moment where the cameraman was like in the castle turret (laughs) and and he did this move. (laughs) Yeah. Looking at, looking out one tiny little porthole window of the castle and then moving the camera to the other to try and track the cars and, and whatnot. And so I do, I do like those little touches and I love the way that, that formula one, uh, has this ability to sort of celebrate the regions and the locations that it visits i mean to me i i always i always try to describe it to people as like it's you know yeah it's sort of like the highest level of motorsport but it's also got a little splash of of the olympics built into it i think this is a a pretty incredible setting for a race although maybe not the most exciting or finely tuned track for competitive yeah. racing or politically uh, okay <laughs> yeah and, yeah that too that too azerbaijan <laughs> being kind of like a turkish proxy and uh the stuff that they've been doing in armenia not cool at all um and by that i mean hey genocide's not okay um no matter what yep so yeah uh even if you have a beautiful racetrack uh not okay uh azerbaijanis um all right (laughs) uh i know the people aren't necessarily it's the government uh but but yeah um i would like to maybe see a little more uh attention paid to uh to to places like this that are struggling uh with their human rights uh, issues maybe not get rewarded with billions of dollars worth of f1 money um, mm-hmm. but you know uh all right I'm, we're not going to end the episode on this note um we are going to uh let's talk about montreal what 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 are your what are your predictions uh for our favorite race uh johnny what 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 do you think all right i think we're gonna see uh we'll see carlos signs end up in the wall of champions oh either either during qualifying or during the race itself because yeah. uh, otherwise i don't think there's i don't think there's any gravel in montreal that i remember no no, no um i think we're gonna see hmm. there is that kind I think of infield uh that that he could he could 
maybe shortcut uh, after the 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 straight after the wall of champions. Uh, maybe yep. maybe he could get spun around in there. Uh, <laughs> just like hop, just just hop some curbs and uh, yep. Uh, I uh, think uh, I think we're gonna see I think we're gonna see Chuck Leclerc tap into his French Canadian side. Yeah, and uh, perform very well there, or the or the Ferrari engineers will accidentally uh, fill the car up with with poutine gravy mm-hmm. instead of uh, proper shell high octane race fuel. Mm-hmm. And, I was going to say they'll uh, just we'll, put the engine in backwards. They'll literally just like, right, yeah, and it'll be like, huh, something looks weird here. They're like, woo. There will be someone com- that comes in and convinces both of the drivers to wear their left shoe on their right foot and their right <laughs> shoe on their left foot. And uh, and they'll be through the whole race complaining over the radio. This is just, I can barely, oh, it's hurting my feet so much. <sighs> yes. Well, um, uh, how about you? Any any predictions for uh, our our local favorite, our, our almost local? Our, um, uh, yeah. Our, our, well, sorry, our former, our almost former, local favorite. Yes. Corey, Corey and I used to regularly visit, make an incredible pilgrimage uh, road trip through the middle of the night uh, on the the New York State Thruway. Yep. Uh, setting all sorts the of North way, speed records. The, uh, eventually the Northway. The Adirondack, I-87 Adirondack Northway. All the way up to the New York Canadian border uh, uh, to to make our way to Montreal on a regular basis. Um, let's see. I'd say, uh, hmm, I'm gonna go for. I think Seb is gonna make it onto the podium. I think he is. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that the Aston mm-hmm. Martins are starting to come to their own. They're figuring it out. Seb wow. is definitely figuring it out. He's really good at that track. Uh, he loves that track. Um, so I think. We're going to see Seb maybe challenging for a podium. I think we will see Carlos win this race. I think we're going to see Carlos Sainz win a race. I think it's going to be in Canada. Um, uh, And I think that we may see uh, Max up there as well. I don't see Leclerc finishing this next race. I mean, I, I I want him to. Uh, real, real bad, but I just see Ferrari letting him down again. Um, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I, 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 it's unfortunate, but, uh, that's, that, that has just been the trend. And if they don't let him down, if he does finish, I think he will win it, but I don't think he's going to finish this race. I just don't. Um, it, it sucks. I think there, he may have, he may have, uh, monkey pawed, uh, his situation where it's like, I just want to see Charles Leclerc finish a race at Monaco. And like, I think the monkey paws finger uh, curled up and now Charles Leclerc not only finished the Monaco Grand Prix off the podium, but he now may not finish another Grand Prix uh, going forward. Uh, that's- I, I thought you were just going to say that like the, the monkey paw was using Montreal as like a typo for Monaco. <laughs> It's just like Montreal, Monaco. Uh, uh, it got it, it got confused with a French Canadian accent. No, I, I I'd love to see Leclerc finish the race. If he finishes it, he'll win it. If he doesn't uh, win it, I think he the, there will be another reliability thing that happens with Ferrari because why not? Uh, why not mm-hmm, tick all those mm-hmm, boxes? Mm-hmm. 
yeah. Um, but but I I would love to see Sergio up there too. But I think that um, I think that Max is really going to show up. Uh, uh, he's not going to get beaten three weekends in a row by his teammate. I just don't see that uh, in qualifying. Um, I, I don't see that happening. So I think Max will qualify up there and may even win the race. But I would love again. I'd love to see Seb up there. I'd also love to see lewis race at all um let's hope that he's recovered by that point uh yeah yeah Yeah. for sure but that's it i don't think uh i don't think russell's gonna make it onto the podium next race uh he'll still finish in the top five but uh, i don't think he'll 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 make a podium yeah that's uh that's that's my prediction well while while i watch i will be thinking of you and of giant you know uh molson canadian tall boys alongside uh you know french fries yes with gravy and cheese curds as they do styrofoam containers with french fries and gravy and cheese curds piled so high that it sticks to the top of the container when you open it up uh that's 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 what i'm gonna be missing this weekend uh, all the way out here on the West Coast. I'm going to try and find some poutine and uh, and and eat some uh, during the race. Nice. But I, I don't know how that, I don't know if that's possible. All right. Well, what do you say, uh, Johnny? What do you think? Do you think the stock went up, down, or has stayed the same this week? All right. I'm going to say that the stock stayed just a little bit above level. Yeah. And unfortunately, it had almost nothing to do with this Baku race. I'm going to actually revisit something that I was very excited about last week when we were mm-hmm. talking, which was this deal that's been gestating for a while yes. with uh, a giant blockbuster Formula One film being made. And literally like 36 hours after we had talked about it yeah. on the podcast, um apple actually locked in the deal so joseph kaczynski who is making what may be the highest grossing movie of the year period for sure top gun maverick um which i have seen in 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 the in the interim week and it's phenomenal it's one of the best movies it's unbelievable and 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 the thing that's amazing to me about it is that like in the first 30 minutes of the movie i was just like uh, i i don't know if i can handle all this like cornball throwback over the top stuff and it was just like once they got into the action, the way it was captured, the way it was presented, it made all the drama connect and yeah. land in this incredibly intense and visceral way. And so I think that's that's the the director, Joseph Kaczynski. I think that's his sweet spot. I can't wait for them to all huddle around and say, how do we re-envision the way that cameras can be mounted on yes. racing cars yes. and do some stuff that no one's ever seen before. Uh, the movie Grand Prix by John Frankenheimer mm-hmm. back in the late 60s uh, was the first time that ever cameras were mounted on moving vehicles. And that cameras. set John yeah. Frankenheimer up to be the greatest car chase movie director of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when people talk about bullet forget about that that garbage it's it's the french connection and then ultimately ronin was like the peak of the genre and you know there's there's i can't wait to see 
what these guys do with this. Apple's dumping an insane amount of money into the movie. Yep. I believe they bought it for something like 150 mil. Um, yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer is going to be one of the producers. Yeah. One of the other producers is going to be Lewis Hamilton. Yep. And then yeah, the other producer spe- and star of the movie is going to be Brad Pitt. Is going uh, to be Brad Pitt. Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, bananas. Uh, yeah, yeah. Burying the lead there. That's, that's huge. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, and not only that. And so I was really worried that this deal wouldn't go through because the Top Gun movie has blown up so big. Yeah. That Joseph Kaczynski and everybody associated with this is now like, has the opportunity to do whatever they want next. And he's sticking with this. And what he's done is he's used his clout Mm -hmm. um, to ensure that this deal, even though the movie is being sold to Apple, it hasn't been set in stone yet, but they are bending Apple's arm and forcing them to do a significant theatrical release of the film. And it's like, it's going to be something like, you know, because because Apple's had movies released in theater that they normally will do as like a qualification so they can get, you know, uh, awards, awards nominations or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they do that as like almost like, okay, we'll put the movie in theaters. For it like literally will weeks. be like and a they're 50 doing... theater release over the course of yeah. like a few weeks uh, for like a month or something. It's like some ridiculous qualification. Um, and so they, they worked some insane, you know, thing into their deal with Apple where Apple's bringing all the money and yet they are going to have a proper wide scale cinematic release. Um, there's rumors that maybe Lewis will even like decide I want to actually act in the film as well. Um, but of course he'll be certainly a, a, you know, critical consultant and will be applying lots of not just insight, but I have to imagine unlocking some amazing connections within formula one and with Liberty media's, you know, exact opposite of Bernie approach. I think they'll be fully behind this thing. So I think that's, you know, there's also the, the plot of the movie kind of, it's that like weird, this could be great or it could be, like the corniest well, thing ever, yeah. but the plot so the, is like the, a yeah. It's the plot of the movie is the same exact plot as Top Gun. Yep, which is which is like oh, okay. right, that sounds kind of good. And like I mean, part of me is like, no, well, we're just gonna do the same thing over. But even more terrifying is that the plot is the exact same plot as the uh, what two thousand two Sylvester Stallone. IndyCar racing drama driven. Yes. yes, it is. Which, uh, which side note, originally Sylvester Stallone, huge Formula One junkie. Mm-hmm. The script was written as a Formula One movie. Yeah. And it was Bernie and company would not. They were, they were saying, well, yeah, you can make a movie about Formula One, but you gotta, you gotta pay up, sucker. Yeah. And be, they were, they were trying yeah. to extort them to do that. I will say the movie driven. Total piece of hot garbage. Yes, but it's got a couple. It's got a it's couple a fun cool moments shots. in it. Yeah, yeah, it's got some pretty. Cool there's shots. Uh, there's this sequence where uh, Stallone and I think this is. I, I love this because it's a great way of like conveying the precision of racing <laughs> to non racing fans. Where he he does this thing where he drives around the track and he flicks uh, four quarters 
out of the car as he's going around the track uh-huh. um, in different like edges of the track. And then he does a hot lap and he picks up each of the quarters with the scalding hot tires. Yeah. And, you know, comes in and like, you know, that's his way of being like, I can position the car so perfectly. I can pick up. Like, I've know. still got but, it kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah. also there's, there's, there's this thing that it's like art imitating life and life imitating art with this being a comeback story. There is this idea or there was this notion that after last year's uh, Abu Dhabi debacle, that Lewis was going to hang it up. So the idea mm. of, Someone who has like lived that moment where it's like, I could hang it all up or I could come back and try and win another championship. So there is it like it is corny. It is like the the prospect, the idea of everything. Are you suggesting this is Lewis's uh, life after death slash Machiavelli album? Uh, like what? Yeah, like what if I did it kind of thing. Um, uh, like right. the alternate reality of uh, what happens if I did retire after Abu Dhabi and decided to come back a mm-hmm. couple of years later. Uh, it, so I mean. It's uh, it it stands to potentially be one of the best marketing tools for F1 that has ever happened, has ever been created or yep. or, or 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 positioned uh, in in public view. But it could also be one of the biggest cornball moments where. Well, I think we're now we're now getting to this point, and I don't think I foresaw this coming at the even the start of this season. Um, and I'm, you, you know, I mean, we're, we're super gung ho about formula one's expansion and popularity in the United States, but there are moments where we're now like, we're starting to like, we get, are we flying a little close to the sun? Yeah, are we yeah. getting a little too corny for our own good? Are we yeah. getting a little too hyper Americanized? Um, you know, I, 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 I'm happy to play with that friction. I think it's, uh, you know. Uh, there's, there's a lot of upside there. And, you know, if that's, if that's what it takes to kind of break through to a, to a bigger audience, then, okay. Um, I'm for it, but yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but I'll, I'll say that now before the, you know, the Las Vegas, uh, race unveils ramps, launching the cars through rings of flames and, uh, uh, hot wheels. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's, let's, let's call it there. Um, um, yes. Uh, I also agree. Yeah. Stock uh, has gone up and it's gone up because of the drama outside of the actual race itself. Uh, the media attention. Uh, plus, I think some of the Ferrari nonsense has like piqued more people's interest, especially people yeah. who may be newer fans where they're like, wait, what's going on? I thought Ferrari was back. Uh, so there may be some people who are like, oh, I kind of want to just watch Ferrari like crash and burn. Um I mean, Pagliacci is the music is beautiful. It really is gorgeous. I mean, just just take a take a when when you get to the end of this podcast, tell Siri to open up Spotify and play Pagliacci Vesti La Giuba, and uh, you hear Luciano Pavarotti rip through your speakers, and you'll be like, yeah. I want to see. I want to see some misery. This is this. yeah. This is what Ferrari's season looks like. Uh, all right, folks. Um, uh, let's uh, let's give the let's give them a chance to reach out to us online. Uh, Johnny, where can the listeners contact you? Uh, I'm I'm all over the place. If you don't mind, I'm going to drop a couple yeah, plugs. Um, so you can you can hit me anytime on Twitter. Uh, my my handle's at Johnny Motion. Um, I had a a 
thread on Twitter that went kind of wild this past week talking about um, some dabbling that I've been doing in mm-hmm. using an artificial intelligence to generate art, which is terrifying and inspiring and bizarre and exciting all at the same time. Uh, look up that. Uh, a lot of people were were jumping into that conversation. It's been opening up some some bigger conversations that I'll be continuing to have. Yeah. Uh, also, well, I'll, I'll toss that. Was, I'll toss that. Uh, uh, yes, link, yeah, link yeah. to that thread in uh, in in the description of the podcast. So check. That yeah, out, drop 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 that in there. Especially if you're you're a super geek, there's some crazy stuff there. Yeah. Um, yes, I was uh, come off of that thread too. Um, uh, that Johnny links to that are like truly mind-blowing even if you're not in the space in the art space like this stuff really does it's just it's next in my little yeah in my in my little corner of the world like people are puking their guts out with the ramifications of of what this is going to uh what this is going to do um uh, i was (laughs) recently yeah i i I was uh, recently on an episode of the Design Atlas podcast, uh, just talking uh, some of the crazy other design stuff that I get into and geeking out over there. And then if uh, anyone, any of our listeners are in the Netherlands, I'm going to be doing a presentation at the Next Web conference, the TNW conference in Amsterdam, uh, Friday morning. Nice. I'll be be out there and be spending the 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 week out in uh, in in Amsterdam holding it down. Uh, it's a super geek conference about all sorts of technology stuff. I'm really excited uh, because I'm you know technically on a roster of presenters alongside Edward Snowden, who's the Damn. like headlining presenter at the at the conference. Um, so there will be some uh, some fun stuff going on there so that's a that's a few of the the different places that you can see uh what what i've been up to recently Corey, where can where can the folks find you out there on the web uh you can track me down at burn Corey burn uh across all the social media stuff uh and uh i am uh going to be getting back into teaching in-person improv classes uh uh, soon keep your eyes and ears uh peeled if you're in the los angeles area for the upright citizens brigade theater uh announcing uh when we will be doing in-person classes and starting uh our shows back up um so there's some some pretty exciting stuff on the horizon for me as a performer here in LA and as a teacher as well. So uh keep an eye out for that. I'll I'll definitely make some announcements when that stuff is public on my social media. But yeah, you can also check us out on the F1 files on Twitter. That's one of our ways of reaching out and then the F1 files on Reddit. Corey, did you did you have a nice birthday this past oh, week? I certainly did. Uh, that's that's right, folks. I am a Gemini. I've uh, I've I've turned the page, uh, lit the flame on another year around the sun, and I wish that uh, we were able to to do what we uh, had started as a tradition, which was going to the Montreal Grand Prix on my birthday weekend, uh, mm-hmm. but. Now, you know, uh, going forward, we'll see what it looks like, especially with the calendar next year. Uh, if they start like geographically lumping stuff, uh, we may have yep. some some fun options uh, coming up next year. Um, but yeah, it was good. This this birthday was was phenomenal. 
got to got to drive a a, a mutual friend's. Uh, I didn't get to drive, but I got to ride in uh, in our mutual friend Alana's uh, uh, sweet sweet uh, Porsche. Uh, that, uh, that that's she right. Her. She she so. she recently got uh, bless bless her yeah. for uh, both uh, uh, treating herself to yes. such an exquisite vehicle, uh, very well deserved, but also for many years of her also spreading the love yeah. and sharing way way back to you know I don't know twenty years ago. Yeah, I think there's been uh, some wonderful v- vehicular adventures uh, that she is. <laughs> Uh, played a critical she's, role yeah, in. She's taking uh, us shout, on and shout out allowed to us to take her uh, on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, But we cruised. Uh, we cruised up the Pacific Coast Highway. Um, uh, oh, that then, sounds amazing. Yeah, and then had had God. a had a phenomenal dinner um, uh, last night at like a, a pretty cool spot out in Santa Monica. Um, so doing West That's lovely West Coast stuff, uh, East Coast style uh, with with another New Yorker, which was great. Um, yes, yes. But yeah, it was good. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Uh, all yes. right. Well, folks, you can catch up with us the next time uh, when we put out a podcast about the Montreal Grand Prix. And the name of that podcast, I'm going to nail this one, John. You ready for it? It's <laughs> the F1 X- Files. No, oh, <laughs> you know, it's not the X1 Files. Oh.